Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Some of your favorite Great Big Al podcasts are coming to the London Podcast Festival, including The Musical Podcast, Rule of Three, John Holmes's The The One Show Show, Friends with Friends, The Fear, Trolled with Tracy Ann Oberman, and Brian and Roger. More info and tickets are available at kingsplace.co.uk. Get your tickets right now, or, or I don't we'll know what I'll do. Kill you. <laughs> Tilly's done a Muller Mike No, I haven't. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Festival to the The One Show show, the podcast that lures TV's The One Show into the back of a car on the promise of seeing puppies, <laughs> only for it to find out there are no puppies and also no door handles on the inside. <laughs> I am John Holmes and we are live at the 2019 London Podcast Festival. Come on. And here we are, a packed, sold-out audience of One Show fans who've come here by mistake, <laughs> thinking it was the actual One Show, all hoping to see what Matt Baker is like. Oh, what is he like? Some live on-stage reenactments of VTs about the Cornish pilchard industry, and absolutely no Pine Martins whatsoever. And what a week uh, to join us here for our first ever live show. This week on the green, green sofas of what we like to call home, a hairy biker, becomes trapped in a prison made of cloth, <laughs> a newt is on fire, <laughs> and Matt seems to get possessed by the spirit of a racist. <laughs> <laughs> 
Joining me to chase it all down are the, the One Show Show regular Mark Haynes and legendary broadcaster, presenter of Radio 4's Listening Project and co-host of the massively popular, fortunately, podcast, it's Feed Lover, Mark Haynes and Feed Lover, ladies and gentlemen. Come on in. Uh, very good. Right. What a shame that the people at home won't have seen you do absolutely unbelievable ventriloquism for that opening. Yep. <laughs> Didn't think it was worth doing that bit live. <laughs> so, well, did, did any of you think he was just going to play out an episode that we pre-recorded? <laughs> Sit there and watch it. That was my first suggestion, as well you know. Uh, but it was shouted down. Um, well, you know, speaking of just phoning it in, let's talk about the one show. Um, <laughs> let's start, we'll start with Monday. I think we'll go through the week. And that seems like the, the perfect thing to do. Fee, first question I always ask. Did you watch the one show at all, ever? Or did you just watch it for this? So I, I really, really watched it for this. And yeah. thank you, because obviously that's just been two and a half hours of, of my life. I can never get back. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes I do graze across it while I'm doing something else. And I think that was actually in the commissioning document for the programme, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. to be able yeah. to do that. But also, I'm just filled with bitterness and resentment because I did, in the very early days of the one show, ask if I could do some films for them, and they said no. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, what you will hear over the next hour, it's like a piece of shit has got stuck in my lower intestine. <laughs> and this is 10 years of build-up around it, and this is my form of colonic irrigation. <laughs> so I'm just here to be cathartic. Um, if, if you actually look at the Radio Times, that's how it's described <laughs> every week. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, let's, I mean, they, they started off with a little bit of a tease, a little bit of a treat for us all, um, where they said on Monday show, they were going to be, and this was, I couldn't wait for the end when it happened. They were going to crown the National Young Market <laughs> Trader of the Year. We'll come on to it. The, the guests, of course, were Cy and Dave, the hairy bikers. Yep. Yeah, uh, they were they were talking about. They, they sound a bit like Matt, which means there must be some kind of village they're all from, full of men <laughs> that I cannot stand. Really. <laughs> I'll keep my powder dry. I won't tell you what I feel about the hairy bikers just yet. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> we will come on to it. Uh, we saw a little shot. The, the hairy bikers were teased with the, the stalls in the market as well. They were outside, visible on the forecourt. They call it a piazza. <laughs> um, <laughs> outside in the background, so we knew something was afoot with the stalls. Um, and then um, Matt. We know from previous episodes that Matt loves mackerel, don't we? We know. Love it. He loves mackerel. He loves love mackerel. I, love mackerel. I, do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. Love, I do. Ma I do love mackerel. <laughs> and, uh, but, he all, but this week, he also loved market stalls. Yeah. Right? I do. And, and, uh, <laughs> but then I think he, he, he really nailed the opening of the One Show Week with a hard-hitting question uh, to the hairy bikers, um, which I, I'll, I'll play for you now. This is what he said. I love, love, love market stalls. Yes. They're brilliant. It's that vibe, though, isn't it? I mean, you Do must you mean... have been to some market places in your time. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. There was, there was the bit I remember of that. I didn't actually take that in because how can you take that in? <laughs> but uh, one of the hairy bikers at one point said the phrase, unexpectedly eclectic. And I thought. <laughs> Well done on getting through that. Uh, for your reference, it's the one that I think is gay, but is actually married. He said that. <laughs> right. 
Well, which one of those is Yeah, it? can you be more descriptive? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, it was... It, I don't know the difference between <laughs> them. Uh, the one I like least is the one that does all the talking. <laughs> the big one, who has checked out a long time ago and doesn't really sort of take yeah, part yeah, yeah, in it yeah. anymore, who will occasionally sort of go, oh, yeah. But he's like, that is very much the remit of what I'm doing. That's the limit of where I'm going with this. Uh, I actually looked into it. I didn't really know what they are. I know they've been on television for a long time. Hmm. But I went onto Wikipedia and I had a look at... They've got individual ones. They're not... you know. They're, they're, they don't do anything other than work with each other, but they've got individual uh, entries. And they met because one of them was the locations manager on the Harry Potter film. That's right. And the other one was a makeup artist who specialised in prosthetics. And they have long CVs. And until 2004, when they get their first cooking show, there is no mention of cookery in either of their <laughs> lives. Right? I thought it was a bit weird. But then he was talking about his new show, and he said, we go down Route 66. And Matt said, oh, you know, almost like, what, you know, how did you get that? And he went, well, we went to the BBC and they said, what do you want to do? And we said, Route 66. And they said, all right. I felt bitter about that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not how commissioning works in your experience? No. Oh, funny that. No, yeah. But they're not. white men. They're, they're white and they're, and they're men. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, there was a bit, the, the talking one had an anecdote as well, which Matt tried to shut down. All right. Um, so, uh, I, because, because of the way Matt tried to shut it down, it's, it's, and I know this is for the room really, but you know, the podcast listeners will be hearing the audio, but it's, it's worth watching, I think, this, because it's, you know, it's, it's a classic bit of Matt um, not wanting to hear the end of an anecdote <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't planned. All right, so um, we'll just check this is, this is working. Um, yeah, it's working. <laughs> For the benefit of listeners on podcasts, this is a visual joke. This is a visual joke. People listening to this will be going, what the f <laughs> So, uh, here we go. In a Vietnamese market, didn't Yes, I? you did, David. I did. Well, you did. Made a great <laughs> escape from escape. T-shirt scorched. Yes, it was brilliant. They closed the doors, but the walls of the stall were made up of piles of T-shirts. <laughs> and obviously, they're desperate that I should have somebody with, you know, Ho Chi Minh's face on. And in the end, when the backs were turned, I made a hole of the T-shirts in the back and buried my way out into the alleyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like hilarious. James Bond. Because I came around the corner and all I saw was Dave disappearing. Well, listen, we're going to be hearing bone. all about your antics on the. <laughs> 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 How dare you come on this show with something entertaining and amusing? But also, it's an editor's nightmare, there isn't it? Any anecdote that starts with uh, quite large, white-bearded men. Yeah. I was in a market in Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling. Compliance, lawyer. The hairy biker I don't like. That story isn't about him. That's about someone running away from the hairy biker. <laughs> Uh, the, um, then we were into our first film, uh, so uh, the one show uh, with its uh, very entertaining <coughs> VTs, um, and this one, well Matt got into it with a little joke, did you notice Matt's joke into this? It, it passed me by, I'm yeah, sorry, I'm not surprised. Because <laughs> um, I think he was sort of wanting that laugh that sometimes the studio, he gets from the studio, yeah. but, I, but I'm not sure it happened, so uh, this was... This was Matt's way into uh, into the VT. Uh, now, of course, it's that back-to-school time of year again. Some have gone back already, but this week many homes will see first-aid tears and tantrums. And that's just the parents. Here's Angelica with how four families have been helping. <laughs> and that's just the parents! <laughs> 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 oh, 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 you thought I was talking about Stop the kids! It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
dumb. If you're not going to do a joke in front of your friends of that caliber, don't do it in front of the nation. Worth saying, actually, this show, uh, Alex, uh, it's her name? Alex Scott. Scott. Yeah. yeah, she's a, uh, a, a former professional footballer. I think yeah. she plays for England. That's right. Uh, she was, it was one of her first presenting jobs. I thought she was remarkably she good. Was saying, right. say she's yeah. the best presenter they've had on this year. And it's the first time she's done anything like this before. <laughs> now, my favourite thing about this, when they first introduced her, they set her up by saying she's doing the new series of Strictly Come Dancing. And they had a big thing going, oh, so you're nervous about that? And she was going, yeah, I was quite nervous, actually. You know, it's really... And it's that thing of going, even at the one show, they recognise Strictly Come Dancing is a TV show. And the one show isn't. It doesn't count. <laughs> so no one says to her, are you excited to be on the one show? Because the answer will be no. <laughs> I'm doing Strictly. So they would just talk, oh, Strictly, that's a great show, isn't it? Fantastic. Anyway, here's 29 minutes of this. <laughs> Uh, did you? I mean, did did you see the VT? This was a VT about kids going back to school, which was yeah. the, I think they trot the same thing out every year. Yeah. So I just find that quite difficult to watch. I've got kids, but they're they're going in. They're in big school now. Yeah. So I don't. I just can't watch. I can't watch. You know, a reenactment of my life from ten years ago. <laughs> Uh, and also because with the best will in the world, they're not going to show most parents' experience of the first day dropping the kids off at primary school, uh, you know, which is just accompanied by, uh, you know, pourings of grief and, you know, you do something wrong and every, all the parents are judging each other and it's actually really, it's quite uncomfortable and not, it was not going to be that. Yeah. Or, you know, you turn up at school with your kids, you go in, there are all the names above the coat racks, your kid's name's not there, you say it doesn't matter, you're not registered for the school, you go anyway, darling. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be any of those things. It's going Matt, to be the very. Matt tried to join in, didn't he, off the back of this as well? So he, he, he got a bit of confidence from his tantrums joke. Yeah, um, it went well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was quiet, but I could see they enjoyed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like in here. Um, <laughs> so um, he, he then, the back of this film, he came back talking about his own kids going to school that morning. Mm. Um, and he lost faith in his own anecdote halfway through. <laughs> right? Um, and it's, uh, well, it went I'm amazed he lasted that long. <laughs> it went like this. Oh, we're going to find out tomorrow how they get on. Yeah. Do you know, my children went back this morning and we only went back home. We only returned four times because everybody kept forgetting everything. But uh, hopefully tomorrow will be a little bit more, um, a little, little bit better. Anyway, right, <laughs> <the> children in need. <laughs> Mouth, and then when he's trying to say returned, he says return. <laughs> when he puts the M in, that's the minute when he goes, They've seen a shot it, I lost my bottle. Oh, magic. Well, then we're on to the hairy bikers. So, yeah, you know, it's worth saying those kids' films they, they, they do a lot, and they obviously think that people at home will be going, Isn't this sweet? and everything. Now, the problem with these all seem like really, really nice kids, but they are just kids, and it's boring. I don't want to go to a shoe shop with my own children, let alone some strangers. Yeah, that's you know, just well, I'm not. I am not going out with their mum. Yeah. I'm not a new boyfriend looking down at it, going, "This is all new and interesting." But also, they've run it across the whole week, and if you've actually been living that week of dropping your kids off for the first time at school by yeah. seven o'clock in the evening, you don't want to rerun it. Come back and see you're, more. You're mad anyway by yeah. seven o'clock uh, in the evening. They also the families they've chosen. They have two white families who are uh, both filmed at home. And they have a family who are asylum seekers from Eritrea I think so. and a single mother who I believe is mixed race or of colour. And both of the non-white families were filmed 
in public places, not in their houses. And the white people, you go into their house. And the other people, I was thinking, what are you scared of seeing? <laughs> the, the, there might be someone in the Cotswolds who sort of goes, Beryl, I, I've put my foot through the TV. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think one of them was cooking a goat. <laughs> <laughs> really strange. Speaking of which, Harry Viker. <laughs> there was cookery here. There was cookery there. So they're on Route 66, as we've talked about. Yes, right? which apparently just didn't really have any good cooking on it. None at all. <laughs> no, so they've no. Picked, what they've done as hairy bikers that cook is picked just a bike trip. They've concentrated on the hairy biking side of there. Well, just the biking. Yeah, yeah. Not even the hairy. <laughs> well, they did, and there was an interesting... But again, there was no follow-up to, to the, 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 the point that one of them made. Is What did you do on Route 66? Now, I, I want more on this sentence. I want more on, we learned how to rope a rubber cow. <laughs> <laughs> no explanation for that. <laughs> but then we, did you see the Italian stance? Yes, I did. Yeah. So that's the weird thing where four extremely large men, can I just say fat? Yeah. I'm outside of the BBC constraint. I've <laughs> So sorry, my darling. Fat. So, <laughs> four, four fat men standing at a bar yeah. uh, who kind of remove their bottom area outwards of the bar so that if they're just so disgustingly uh, unkempt that they drop their food whilst eating it. It's a juicy sandwich. <laughs> There's a lot of moisture in it. <laughs> that was the most extraordinary shot of yeah. just four fat men sticking their bottoms that, out yeah, in a yeah. bar. And, and they called it, this is the Italian dance, and you put your butt out and then the food just slapped on at the floor. He said, rather than all over your, you it know, your garage t-shirt. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, if they'd have gone, rather than go, this is the Italian stance, they'd have gone, this is the disgusting pig stance. <laughs> I'd have gone, yeah, I can understand what that is now. But it's rude to Italians, isn't it? But also, it looked like that kind of thing that you do. Uh, where, uh, you know, if they're out of Ginsters at the late night service station, <laughs> you get one of their hot dogs and then you're, you, maybe you're a little bit under the influence uh, and then you get every single condiment yes. available in the free condiment yeah. section yeah. and you just spray it all over everything. It, it looked fetid. Let's not mention it. It was fucking disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And it was made worse by the fact they... they uh, the only way they could have made it worse is if they decided to eat it in toilets. Yeah. It was so watching four fat men let food slip Flop on the floor. Oh, it's it, was, it was just, and then it cuts back, and the audience are applauding. <laughs> Matt must have been sitting there going, "Nothing for my fucking joke about going." That's just the parents. But, but four <laughs> cutlery reverse rednecks <laughs> were laughing at it. Brilliant. That was rare palsy. I mean, obviously we're going to have to listen to it. So you notice this sandwich is very juicy. That's juicy. Oh, yeah. So when you start eating, the juice is going to fall. Now I'm going to show you guys how we do this. Yeah, how do it's we called eat? the Italian stance. Yeah. So instead of going on your shirt yeah. and your shoes, it's yeah. going to go on the floor. <laughs> and what you do is put your forearms on there. You're going to step back a little bit, maybe about a foot or so, and then lean forward and put your face in it and start chewing. Wow. <laughs> You're like a professional. It's like a professional beef, man. You don't need no bibs here. You're going to use your fingers. Yeah, there you go. I mean, what you don't get from that clip is the sandwich is only the first half, and in the second half, they're fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Put your forearms and shove your face in it. That's what you Stop call a chewing, man. <laughs> uh, 
Absolutely horrific. Oh, God. Hi guys, Shangelos Epithemia here, telling you to please listen to the Brian and Roger podcast. Now, I don't know who's written it, but whoever it is, is probably a genius. So I think you should give it a listen, because it's such great stuff. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. And then we're on to another film. We've got the second film of the night. Uh, it has been 80 years since Britain joined World War II. Yes, it was a, a film um, with Dan Snow, the historian Dan Snow, talking to the poshest woman alive. Mm. Posher than him? Yes. Really? If it was pos- possible. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I like what you've done there. And that was just the parents. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she was called Rosemary Cass Beggs. Of yeah. course she was. Uh, yeah. Um, and, um, well, uh, before we... I think we should hear what she said, because I have questions. Well, it's worth saying, she, she is the last survivor yes. that they could find of this uh, cruise liner called the SS Athena yeah. that was the first boat to be hit by a German U-boat and sink. 112 people died, 1,200 were rescued. Yeah. But it was the first time that the Nazis... A word they didn't use that much in this... And they only used it in one little section where they were talking about fake news as well, bloody lefty BBC. Um, but uh, it was the first time the Nazis had really launched at a passenger vessel. Uh, so a very key moment in the opening of the war. And this, this was one of the women who had survived. She'd been on it. She was three years old. I've come to meet who we think is the last British survivor of the sinking, Rosemary Cass Beggs. Even though it was 80 years ago, what do you remember from that fateful day? Being in the lifeboat was not really very pleasant. What I really remember is calling mummy. Because if you call mummy when you're only three, and you go on calling, eventually somebody comes. You must have been worried about being separated from your parents. I didn't know that I was really being separated. I kept expecting that this was just one of those things. And what about the boat itself? Was it cold, rough? Everybody was seasick, including me. And then later I was on another big boat, the city of Flint, which picked up the lifeboat. Of course, I only had pyjamas. 
So the sailors made oh, this shoe. What a beautiful little shoe. It's lovely, isn't it? Most shoes nowadays would not last 80 years. One shoe. <laughs> <laughs> the one shoe. <laughs> yeah. Tantrums. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that, and I was thinking, they gave her one shoe. Did she get an injury they've not told us about in the film? I was like, pan down, has she got one? Yeah. What happened to one shoe? She, I, was, I mean, what happened to her? She must have been like Captain America, where she obviously went into the ice, and they haven't thawed her out until now. So she's this perfect 1940s woman who's just suddenly in the modern day. Uh, astonishingly strange. The, um, the line really early on that I missed, so she was talking about this. The line early on was... Uh, when war was declared by Germany, some people were already trying to flee. So what it was, was her family, as soon as the war had been announced, they were fucking off. <laughs> they were running. So while your grandparents you can't run with one neck, that's in northern France, she's there racing away. And now we're going, oh, well done on surviving. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Matt uh, doesn't share your opinion, because Matt, off the back of this film, uh, that voice he has in reserve for tragedies. Uh, that sort of, you know, drops it down a bit and he, he just sort of sounds like he, he really... He's compassionate. Compassionate. He really, he really, he really cares. Um, this, is, this is what he said. So generous mm -hmm. to give up that little keepsake. Wasn't How lovely. How lovely. Because oh. <laughs> she donated the shoe, you see, to a museum. And, um, and, and Matt was very touched by this. Yeah. Very touched by the shoe story. What are you going to do with it? It's one shoe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, hope they bin it. <laughs> You're very cool. Aren't you? I want, let's talk, because um, I, know, I know Fee has thoughts on the Market Trader of the Year awards. This, is, this, was the, this was when they stepped outside to the market that they'd set up outside of all the finalists. They'd been around Britain and found various stalls of various. But had they? Mm. Had they actually been all the way around Britain, or was it just one market that they're awarded? Because they didn't really make it clear. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a VT of them going all the way around lots of different places. There I was just, just a weird drone shot of one market. Yeah. And I think the woman who won the arts and crafts had no stiff competition at all. <laughs> the one who was doing things in Yuri Geller's waste disposal, you know, the one who was doing making rings out of spoons. Yeah, yeah, oh, stuff. yes, yes, yes. I yes, think yes, she yes. was the only arts and crafts in the category. Yeah. I, think yeah. a, I think it was a bit of a fix. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, but also... It's just so, I don't know, what's your experience of a market stall? My experience of a market stall, this, this, this was not like the markets that I would go to. Exactly. So if I go to a market stall, I want a big pork pie full of weird grey meat. And I want it served by someone who's been to Parkhurst twice. <laughs> and one of those has to be for murdering someone at a market, right? That's what I'm looking for. This, I mean, this, this upcycler, oh, even saying that word makes me annoyed. She, she, get, she, was, she was getting old spoons. Yes. Putting them, making them into rings and stuff like that. And then she said, and the great thing about it is, I put a label on that tells you when it was made. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know a lamp's birthday. Right? <laughs> no, the other people who were doing there was a, a woman who walked around who was one of the people judging it. And she said, they said, what are the judges looking for? And she said, lots of upscaling, upselling skills, uh, someone who presents themselves really well, who create selling technique promotions, have a USP. It's a market. Yes. <laughs> I want to buy some porn vids. <laughs> I don't need the rest of it. It's London markets where everything, you know, you go to a London market and everything starts at 30 quid. 
whatever it is, whether it's vegetables, it's food, <laughs> or it's a birthday lamp. And everyone at the stall is clearly doing better than me, right? Yes. They have bigger houses, they have more free time, they have better skin, they aren't as angry. <laughs> All the good things. Um, I, I don't know what a lot of the shit that they had in that market was. No, I didn't understand it either. And I'm totally with you. It, you know, the, the, our local market in London is basically run by people with trust funds because you would not be able to sustain your life yeah. on soy-scented candles. <laughs> no matter how many I buy, and I have fallen for them. It was the Alex Scott, the, the, we talked about, you know, good presenters, so they forced her outside. You know, mm. it's a bit of a baptism of fire on live telly for your first presenting. Um, but she then had to sort of feign interest in this market as well as part, you know. She, and what she was obviously in her ear. They were saying, well, you need... So you've got to time this right. Matt's at that stall talking to them. Yeah. Then it's going to come to you talking to the spoon lamp birthday woman. Yeah. Then it's going to go back to Matt, who's had to run around the back of the camera to get to the coffee stall. Um, so you need to nail it. Now, she's obviously listening to all of this and trying to remember her timings. So she's not listening to a word that the market <laughs> stall woman has said. And then the timings go to God. Yeah. Anyway. But you could tell just from the, the reaction of Alex Scott um, uh, at the end of it, uh, which... which um, so this is one of the pieces that is really good, and this actually began its life as a spoon. So they all have a yeah, they all have a hallmark on, and it, they all have a label on, which tells you when and where the original <laughs> spoon was made. Oh wow, that's so cool. <laughs> Not listening. Yeah. I felt for uh, Alex Riley, who is the guy who there's too many people called Alexes. Oh, yeah. Jones, Scott, and Riley. Yeah. Alex Riley is one of those guys you'll recognise if you've ever seen the one show. And he did this piece. So what you'd normally do is go, let's bring him back and he can do the, the follow-up bit. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. But he does look like the sort of man you see in markets. Yeah, I put a picture of him in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the lead in a sitcom prequel of, about the early days of Albert Steptoe as he's a budding sex offender. <laughs> Early concept drawing Wurzel Gummidge's nephew. <laughs> uh, he, I thought he should have been in this bit because at least he's got that thing of going, well, we've done on a journey, we've come on a journey. They didn't do any of that. What was really weird is when they were talking about the, the markets, three of them let go how long their business had been going. And this was all sort of, unless you're sitting yeah. there making notes like we are, you, you, this would have passed you by entirely. So there was a woman who won the arts category who were, she drew balloons and then made them into cards and then asked people for money for them. Um, <laughs> amazing, no shame. Um, there was a, a coffee shop that had started in January 2019. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the next winner, RTG Kitchen from South London, they started in February 2019. <laughs> you see, it's not a real market. The balloons aren't winner woman. She then admits on the thing, she says, yeah, I've only been doing this five months, May. <laughs> May 2019. <laughs> and used to be an English teacher, she said, which continues to think, we, we talk about this. Whenever they mention teaching on the one show, it's always people going, yeah, I mean, I used to be a teacher, but now I've got this incredible business. And there's a funny thing where everyone is always saying, I used to be a teacher. That was shit. And now I'm doing brilliantly. Although this woman's drawing balloon cards. <laughs> Three pounds. Five months. Fuck me. <laughs> well, let's, uh, we're going to, because we're strict for time today, so I want to move on to Tuesday. Um, uh, we, we did learn that, th now this was the one with Nick Knowles mm. on it. Um, <laughs> There's a terrible sentence you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we we learn that uh, Matt loves Nick Knowles' DIY SOS Children in Need Big Build Team. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, he loves mackerel. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a long list now, isn't yeah, it? But he yeah. also uh, he also. He also loves this. Coming up tonight, we're going to be uh, live with Nick Knowles and the DIY SOS Children in Need Big Build team. It we sure love the DIY is. SOS it team. It sure is. <laughs> oh, and then they had their funny conversation about DIY, didn't they? Yeah. Where Matt was dying to say that he could do absolutely everything, but he didn't quite get the chance to actually get his drill out. Was this the bit? <laughs> was this the bit when he forgot his line? What, like you've just done yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you've got a line. When he, um, when he, he said something about... I try, there, there was clearly a pre-prepared bit here, wasn't yes. there, where, where he had to join in with Alex's... Yeah, and, and so Alex was saying, I can't do any kind of DIY at all. Yeah. And then the actor joined in, didn't, didn't he? Yes. With his, yeah, yeah, well, and basically yeah, yeah. what he said was, I used to do my DIY when I was a struggling actor, but now I'm so rich, I just get a handyman <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. to come in. I, I was just looking at the clip, we, which we do have of Matt um, of being sort of uh, reprimanded very slightly by Alex, who, who was, you know, you should have helped me out there. Got I had to present that bit on my own. I said earlier, I am not good at DIY. Sticking to that handyman, but moving on slowly. This week, up and down the country. I'll come with me drill, don't that's worry. Matt, that's what you were supposed to say. <laughs> that's what you were supposed to say. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. I'm not having much luck with jocks this week. It's not working for me. Play to my strengths. Um, now, James McAvoy was on the sofa. James McAvoy <laughs> is starring as Serrano de Bergerac. Matt could not wait to oh, show how much he knew about Serrano de Bergerac. Yeah, Matt is an expert on Serrano de Bergerac. He'd done the research, yep. and he was very keen to um, go down one specific route with it to show how knowledgeable he was of the story of Serrano de Bergerac. Um, it's, it's fair to say mm. he's only really seen the film Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> And was quite keen to get it back to that um, quite a lot of the time. But it is, I mean, it's, it, it's, quite a, it's quite a play, really, with real history. I mean, so many people have... I mean, it was Roxanne, was it? We've seen it so many times. I mean, do we need another one? <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but see, I mean, that's the point, though, because cause Steve Martin, Roxanne was kind of inspired. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was. <laughs> it's quite a play. It's quite a play, really. Yeah. Yeah. You should get him on Radio 4. I'm sure he'd do brilliantly. I've not seen one of the two shite productions of Serrano de Bergerac, though, have you? No. No. Not, no. No. Uh, James McAvoy, though, was very... He did slag them off, didn't he? And then sort of tried to pull it back and say, no, they were very good, really, and then uh, carried on sort of promoting his own. Yeah. James McAvoy also said that their production, Serrano de Bergerac, they are giving out 15,000 tickets so people who don't normally go to the theatre have access. So I think he should give Matt one, shouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they then had a little video, didn't they, about Berry FC, the football yeah, club that shut right. down. Which I think they managed to do four minutes about how sad it was closing down without mentioning why it was shut down, which was due to all sorts of financial irregularities. That was seen, maybe it was a bit like they thought it had died. And you don't, you don't sort of put the boot in, the saddle claws. You don't, you don't do the bad stuff too soon. And so they just left it hanging for this sad thing about a club that went there was a, there was They interviewed a lot of people who were, who were Berry fans uh, outside the, the now closed down club, one of whom was uh, clearly uh, a sort of bit of a hippie guitarist. Yes. And he, uh, he was wearing sunglasses and he had long white hair. 
and they'd done, well, you could tell what had happened behind the scenes. So they said, will you talk to us about your Berry fandom? And he said, yes, if I can play my guitar. Yeah. Right? And the director had obviously, obviously gone, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then gone to the cameraman, uh, just zoom in and crop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the best and, thing. and you know, they, at the end of it, they probably said, no, do your song now. And yes. he said, switch the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Are you cool. sure you can see me through the van wall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Berry player Chris, Chris Simdims was uh, interviewed. His best memory of Berry was winning a match 1 0. 1 Seeing players like John Newby, Andy Bishop, Ryan Lowe, all legends. <laughs> <laughs> Perplexing. <laughs> and right there, we bring part one of this week's The The One Show show live from the London Podcast Festival to a close. Please do rate and review as that'll. Help the show grow, because at the time of recording, George the Poet is next door, playing to a much bigger room. <laughs> yeah, anyone can do poetry, it's easy. There was a young fellow called Matt, <laughs> who folks thought a bit of, well, it worked. <laughs> Turns out it's not so easy after all. See you tomorrow for part two! Hey! Television history is contained in the box of delights. I've climbed up Nelson's column once before. These are small. And put it down in front of Backpush. I'm Julia Rayside. Join me and my guests as we dip into our favourite TV memories. Boys must have heard bashing head like this. You can't tell me what to do. You ain't my mother. I love when a plan comes together. Come and tell us what yours are too. We've all been told we can't discuss nominations. It's a bit of car air. Shut up with a novel on the top. I think I like you, Lovejoy. Find us on Twitter at Box lights pod and listen wherever you get your podcasts great big owl even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.